At Northrop Grumman, cybersecurity is at the core of everything we do. Our cyber workforce is defining possible every day in an environment that fosters talent and rewards excellence. Northrop Grumman needs cyber professionals like you to join our team to help defend our nation and its allies. We have openings in Maryland, Northern Virginia, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Tampa, Florida. To begin your journey with us, visit our careers webpage, northropgrumman.com forward slash careers. Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report's weekly cyber report sponsored by Northrop Grumman. I'm your host, Vago Maradian. Joining us today is my good friend, JC Vega. He is a retired United States Army colonel. He is the chief information security officer at uh, cybersecurity firm Devo. He also uh, was the man who established the Cyber uh, Institute at the United States Military Academy at West Point. JC, always a pleasure having you on the program. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, Vago. Uh, and before we get started, a word from our sponsors. Bell sponsors our daily podcast. Leonardo DRS sponsors our global coverage. General Atomics Aeronautical Systems sponsors our coverage of strategy. General Motors Defense sponsors our technology coverage. And L3 Harris sponsors our coverage of joint all-domain command and control. Every once in a while, um, a, a conversation stems from, uh, you know, just calling somebody up and saying like, hey, what are things we should be focused on? And you raised uh, a great point about whether the nation is going to be able to train up uh, or educate the million outstanding cybersecurity jobs uh, and that every year we end up further behind the eight ball, right? Demand is, is going up. Uh, and yet the training pipeline is the training pipeline, right? I mean, we sort of train the way we train because that's how we train. What's, what's the problem from your standpoint with the approach that we have? Um, because everybody in this business wants to create more talent faster. What's the problem and how do we need to be thinking about it differently? You know, th this is a, a great cyber challenge question of our time right now. And so let me just give you a little background on that. So I was an instructor pilot with the military. And so I know about teaching the military way. I was also a university instructor at West Point the, at the United States Military Academy. So I know the academic side of it uh, from the ivory tower of academia. So I've done this a little bit. And I'll tell you that the challenge we have is that this discipline is extremely complex and only getting more complex. But the individual operator, the people at the end of the keyboard are not advancing in their natural ability to receive process and execute on information. We're human beings. We're not evolving at the pace of this technology. So by training the person to do something, we have inherent limitations that we're really not addressing from the individual perspective. There's other areas we need to look at to make marked improvements. 
Um, so how, right, I mean, so give me uh, a sense, right, I mean, you're all but dissertation, the war uh, interrupted your uh, doctoral uh, studies, and you were an aviator, you were a, a, a Black Hawk uh, pilot, and then became uh, an, an accomplished uh, uh, cyber uh, operator. What do we, how do we need to be rethinking the problem? And from your standpoint, what's wrong with the current cyber education pipeline or cyber training pipeline? that will simply, no matter how you scale it, ever get to, you're right. I mean, that's the big challenge we're facing is you're looking at a not particularly scalable system. So what's the problem with the current system? Uh, because it's only if we understand what the problems and limitations are that we can actually try to re, re, reconceive it. So give us, give us your sense on that. Sure. So let, let's take a, a very complex discipline of aviation, which you are very, very familiar with, and we've had great discussions about that. It is complex. There are lots of uh, sub-disciplines that you have to understand, but at the end of the day, it is the same thing. Maybe a tool is different. Maybe an approach is different, but the fundamentals remain constant. In cybersecurity, it is inherently complex, and there's very little that remains constant. We even argue in the discipline on fundamentals. We can't agree on what the fundamentals are. So if you're going to teach this repeatedly, there has to be some constant, but in in aviation, there was. You couldn't uh, deviate from Newton's laws. But in cyber, you can. And we do. And we do it constantly. So the idea of developing a program and it being current the next year is almost impossible. Right. Because the tools change. The environment changes, something else changes. And so to have this repetitive process is damn near impossible. So how do we need to rethink, right? So, so what's the way that we're training now? What's the way that we need to train if, if we're going to get the volume up, right? I mean, it's just a little bit like a World War II problem, right? We reimagined how we train um, in, in order to be able to satisfy some of the demands we had. I don't want to make a World War II analogy here, but obviously we need to rethink this problem. I mean, that's the center of your point. What's, what's I, wrong I think with how we're on. doing it? Where do we need to go? You're spot on. We didn't change the human in World War II. We didn't change him from World War I or her from the 20-year war that we just ended. What we did is the technology changed around it. It advanced, but it was reduced to its simplest level to where the average person with average ability and a reasonable amount of training could be very productive on very complex instruments. What we're lacking right now in the evolution of cyber is that we are outpacing our training ability 
instead of getting simpler, it's getting more complex. We have to rethink that. What we did with the cockpit is every gauge in a cockpit, first, it's within eyesight of an eye scan, a very natural eye scan. It's, call it a two by two space that you're observing. Everything normal is pointing north, meaning to the top of the dial. Right. It's in the green. We reduced it to where the pilot doesn't have to be an aeronautical engineer to successfully manipulate that airframe to do his assigned tasks. But in cyber, we don't have that standardization. We don't have that agreed upon uh, frame of reference so that we can train the individuals in the fundamentals of reading and understanding this discipline. And no matter what tool we throw at them, they're going to be able to pick it up and they're going to be able to operate it and be able to perform at a high level within a reasonable amount of time. Now, there are people in the discipline, in the education discipline, who will give you examples of where they are doing that. But that has its own challenges too. That doesn't scale. And the problem here isn't just developing good training. It's developing a scalable training, something that will meet the demand of the discipline. So how do we, um, so how do we get to that kind of scalable training, right? I mean, first, are there others uh, in the field who share this concern of yours? That's, that's the A part. The B part is how do you start uh, changing and moving or standardizing the training needle, right? I mean, is this a legislative thing? Is this a Chris Inglis thing uh, at the White House? Is it, you know, Michael Daniel at the Cyber Threat Alliance, right? I mean, who, is it an industry, but who, who is it? Who, who, who are the people yeah. who have to affect this change? Okay, so we're, we're going against some big challenges here. And understand that education is the way that we've approached this all along. And so you're going against the tide when you're talking about education isn't going to work. But we have to change the technology. The technology has to adapt to the physical limitations, to the cognitive limitations of the human being. Who's, uh, who have I spoken to recently? Who has agreed with this concept? Uh, the most recent person would be uh, General Greg Tuhill, where he said, we have to reduce the complexity. And this is on a, on a weekly discussion group uh, that you and I and several others are a part of. And the idea of we have multiple subject matter discussions on education, but very little discussion on reducing the complexity. Now, if you look at how long we've had this problem and how long the discipline has been around, it's still relatively young compared to other more established disciplines like mathematics. But 
it's been around long enough and been at the forefront of uh, a national security issue, as another person mentioned it, that you'd think we would have made significant progress. Right. But we haven't. In fact, we're falling behind. Uh, and I should uh, point out that Greg is a retired United States Air Force uh, Brigadier General. He was the nation's first chief information security officer uh, during uh, the Obama administration. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, JC, but he's now at Carnegie Mellon. Yes, he's the director of the U.S. CERT. They are the computer emergency response team for the United States government. And it's a partnership between academia and research institutions in the U.S. government. And so if there's something critical going on in cyberspace, they are directly involved in aggregating and responding to that with the different agencies. Um, so let me um, dive a little bit deeper into the complexity notion, right? As a general rule, right, every, things are simplest when they're in threes, right? And sometimes people even have trouble remembering three things. Once you get to five or seven points, it it becomes unrememberable. So, is I mean, is that really at the core that we're making this a little bit more complicated for ourselves? And if you're going to simplify it, what's the right approach to simplify it to the most important basics, right? I mean, because you're you're trying to not treat every single person as a, as a unicorn, right? I mean, everybody is special, but this is a, a mass problem we're facing, right? So you, you need volume. What's, what's the way no, no. to drive simplicity? So, so let me back up just a little bit here. So as General Paul Nakasone, the NSA director and the commander of US Cybercom, uh, when we were working on some of the pr education projects on how to train the U.S. forces in cyber, he was looking to find that magic formula to how to find those individuals who are 50 times better than the average programmer or the average developer. 50 times better. In going back to aviation, because we learn a lot from our past experiences, it's the best aviator leaving flight school today is not necessarily 50 times less than the best aviator in the armed forces. The best aviator may be 10 times better, and there are those individuals who are really good, but you're not consistently finding people who are 50 times better. That's not the way the system is designed to train and prepare these individuals for this complex environment. Right. So the idea that the average person, we call it the, the magic number or number seven, that we have the ability to be able to have uh, focus on seven items, plus or minus two. I think it was Miller's research from Harvard that, uh, highlighted that. So if that's a cognitive limitation that we have, then our systems should be designed around that cognitive limitation. Now, there's ways you can improve upon that seven. We did it in the aircraft by making all the dials point north, and we also brought all the dials together, and we made them all within hand's reach, all the controls. So we could improve that. 
But the idea that we're not at this stage in cybersecurity where we're, that is a, a primary goal. We're still trying to make the operator superhuman. But the idea is that bringing the man and machine together to work in unison to bring out the most out of that operator is going to require more than education. It's going to require the adaptation of the technology and the processes to be able to achieve that higher performance that we're expecting out of our cybersecurity operators. But that's not what education is focusing on. Well, so how do we, so, you know, and, and again, right. I mean, uh, just reminding the audience that this started with, uh, you know, you and I uh, spending some time talking about, Hey, you know, why, why is it that we're not able to train people fast enough? Right. But what is the nexus from your standpoint, right? What is the enabling technology? What is the, the, right. I mean, if as, as an aviator, right, it's all about standardization, right? I mean, at, at the end, it's not about generating pilots that are 10 times better, but actually training a lot of pilots that are in the really good bandwidth, right? Or at least not bad, right? Not not dangerous to themselves or to others. And the United States Army and the military does a tremendous job of it, right? I mean, there are people who, you know, may not be the very best pilots in the world, but they're good enough to get the job done. Uh, And and in there, you've got some really uh, bright lights, right? I mean, so at the end, it's about that sort of standardization. What, what, are, what are the key enabling technologies from your standpoint? What are the standardization elements of this? And, and what are the organizational elements that we have to bring to bear to be able to get us to where we need to get? Because at this rate, I mean, as the way this conversation started originally was, you know, we have a million outstanding jobs. In another five years, it'll be a million two or a million five at this rate, right? Given where demand is going and where production is. So there's there's a few things we could do, but but let me just get back to that fundamental thesis is that we're not going to train our way out of this. We're not going to educate our way out of this. And no matter what I say here, the majority of the effort is going to go to training and education, which we've had more than a decade now of trying to overcome that, and we're not going to get there. I'll make that argument over and over again. But what can change? Okay. Adjust the technology. Adjust the technology to where it is adaptive to the individual. The threats, the adversary right now is using the technology against us. We say that the threats are operating at machine speed. We're still operating at less than. And so there has to be a marrying up, call it that paradigm shift. We have to get to that state where the normal, what is normal today will not be normal tomorrow because we are in a state of crisis and we have to change the way we're doing it. Now, if I had the answer for that, Vago, I wouldn't be hanging out with you. I'd be hanging out with Jeff Bezos. (laughs) (laughs) Or we Uh, would be hanging out together with him. 
Uh, that's right. Uh, and th this is an open solicitation to anybody who's listening to this to figure out how we can all how we can all get to that uh, degree of financial uh, nirvana. Um, but put put it this way, right? Oftentimes we focus on the systems, right? In the in the case of the military services, they focus on the system. Uh, as opposed to some of the other granular elements that actually are as critical, if not more critical than the system is, right? What's, I mean, to, to boil this down, unless we get this right, we are going to lose the cyber war that we're already on the back foot on, aren't we? You're absolutely right. And the idea... So there's a couple of things we could do, there, and, and I say that tongue-in-cheek that I don't have the answer because I don't have the answer, but there's still a lot we could do. Okay, first of all, cybersecurity. It is not something that somebody else does, and we have to change the terminology. We have to change how we look at this problem. Cybersecurity is what safety was in the armed forces or is in the armed forces. It's everybody's problem, but you have a few champions that create the policies, create the procedures, create the standards and enforce them. And then you have the leaders who stand behind that. And there's consequences if a mishap happens and you did not take the necessary precautions uh, and risk mitigation to prevent that from happening you could be found culpable. But the idea is that each of us has that responsibility. Right now, let me give you a great example of where things just aren't working right. Okay, phishing. It's the number one vector for a breach. Phishing. Now, what is so challenging about phishing? Well, here's what I find challenging about it. You receive something by email that by design, it's designed to deliver a message to you. In that message, there's a link that by design, it is there for you to click on, to select, to get more information. And you manipulated your mouse or your mouse pad to click on it, to open it. You did everything that this entire system was designed for you to do. Only somebody used it for nefarious reasons. Right. The system itself is not broken in this example that I just gave you. So we got to train the people to act differently around a system that is designed to do exactly what it was intended to do. Right. There's something wrong with that model. That's, that's the model that has to change there. Which means, um, you know, in, in many respects, right, and you and I have had this uh, conversation before, that we are trying to uh, uh, make secure a fundamental architecture that was not designed with security in mind, effectively. And that's the biggest mental right. change we have to make if we're going to operate, we have to go from a trusting approach to it to actually a zero trust approach to the system. 
Uh, th that's one aspect of it, absolutely, is that we have to design these systems from the, from the ground up with security in mind. The current system is not designed that way. Now, this isn't a pass that, you know, I can behave irresponsibly and I don't need training. I don't need education. Uh, we're stuck with this until that new model comes or comes about. So we have to stay the course, but smart people out there need to start investigating. What are the alternatives? What's new? What can we do differently? And that's something that we really need to invest, take some of that investment and put it into that new science. JC, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Great conversation. Very thought-provoking as always. Uh, really uh, appreciate it. And uh, best of luck on your move. Thanks very much for uh, taking time away from family uh, to do this. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Vago. Anytime. And bon voyage. From cyberspace to outer space, Northrop Grumman cyber technology spans all domains and all aspects of national security. We are delivering the next generation of cyber capabilities that protect our nation and its allies. Visit NorthropGrumman.com forward slash cyber to learn more.